the St Albans Podcast Theatre Show with Ben and Susie. Hello and welcome to the St Albans Podcast Theatre Show with Ben and Susie. Hello. How are you today, Ben? I'm very excited. We're recording our third episode and t- today is a special bonus episode. Yes, indeed, because we, we are fortnightly, mm-hmm. but this is um, a, an intermittent extra. An em- emergency <laughs> Specifically because we've got too much stuff to cover. There's just so much stuff going on in St Albans. It's a fantastic... Well, I mean, we thought fortunately we'd be able to cover it. But yeah, so we've got loads and loads. In fact, we mm-hmm. had to sort of cut our last week's show. You know, we had to move stuff around. Exactly. so much demand. Um, so once again, you know, if you want to listen to the previous two episodes, you can do so um, on stalbanspodcast.com or your uh, podcast platform of choice. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can check back on what we've been talking about so far. Um but should this, I mean, upcoming, we've got so much stuff going on, but specifically there is the Roman Festival happening. Yes, yes. Um, so should we dive straight in? I went to meet um, Anna Franklin this week, who is uh, starring in the opening um, show down there, Auburn and Livia. Um, let's listen to her. Tell me about it. That sounds great. I'm joined by Anna Franklin, who is amongst many, many other projects, uh, she's laughing already, um, is starring in The Passion of Auburn and Livia, which is the opening show for the Roman Festival this this year, right? Yes, it is. Tell me um, a little bit about um, Imogen Delabert, who's the writer, uh, she's the author of Auburn and Livia, yeah. and, and how this play came about. Well, the play is about the legend of St Alban and it's by Imogen de la Bear, who is a local novelist and playwright. Um, she wrote Boudicca at Verulamium, which was the first play that Ovo ever put on in the Roman Theatre back in 2014. Um, and it's the same creative team, a lot of the same cast. Oh, wonderful. So anyone who came to see Boudicca back in 2014 will would definitely need to see this definitely okay <laughs> it's the sequel well it's not the sequel, the sequel. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it basically came about because Imogen um, had a very dear friend called Althea Hayton who was writing a novel about Auburn mm-hmm. um, and um, she very sadly died and Imogen promised her that she would finish this novel um, and they had very different writing styles she was unable to finish the novel as it was but it, she turned it into a play and that's where we are now oh fantastic so tell me a little bit more about the content of this play so we know it's about St Alban. Yes, yeah, so it tells us the legend of St Alban and his martyrdom. Um, but the way that the story is told brings in Alban's wife, Livia, hence the passion of Alban and Livia. Uh-huh. Now, we don't know a lot about Alban aside from what the Venerable Bede tells us, but um, he, we know he was a Roman soldier and it's fairly safe to assume that he had a wife. He yes, would have had a because wife. growing up in St Alban's, I know plenty about his head being chopped off and rolling down Holywell Hill yes. and the Holy Well. Yes. <laughs> But nothing about, you know, nothing about this. So tell me about his wife. Tell me about Livia. So he was a real person. It's safe to assume he he would have had a wife. And that's one of the points of the story, of telling this story um, a lot from her point of view. Because there's a line in the play which talks about this interchangeable sisterhood of nameless women who Mm -hmm. stand in the shadows of stories. And we see a lot of this through history. We hear these stories, but we never hear about people's wives and families so the story is as much about Livia and the effect of Alban's martyrdom on her as it is about Alban himself Mm -hmm. in the story and naturally you know being a martyr the the story of Alban it's quite a religious focused story but you you mentioned to me that Livia herself is not uh, a Christian within the play 
No, Livia is almost the polar opposite of Alban. So where Alban is pure and devout, Livia is very earthy and passionate. She's very Roman. She loves her earthly pleasures, mm-hmm. jewellery and wine and other things that I'm not sure if I'm allowed to talk about on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she's a non-believer. So she's seen Alban try out all these different religions, try out all these different gods, mm-hmm. searching for the real one. So there's a slight feeling of world weariness with her. You know, we've had Mithras and Sulis and the unknown god and, oh, here's another one, mm-hmm. another in a long line of religions. So she's a sort of lone dissenting voice amongst um, uh, this large group of people, all of whom truly believe that this is the, the one true and living God. Okay. And so, I, I mean, we haven't actually mentioned this, but you are Livia. You are starring yes. as Livia. <laughs> well, I should probably well. give some context to uh, why we're here. <laughs> starring as Livia. And, and so... and within the cast as well there's there's sort of quite a few similarities there between you and the character there yes I mean I, I'm pretty sure I'm the only cast member who who doesn't believe in God in real life I'm I'm a humanist as well as being the only character in mm-hmm. a play um and that makes the subject matter of the play is is really difficult for me I really struggle with it and it, it makes me makes me put down because the the whole concept of martyrdom is so completely alien to me as yeah. a non-believer in mm. any religion um, and for the rest of the characters in the play there's there's a sort of redemption at the end when they have their martyrdom and Auburn goes up to heaven you know and they truly believe that that's where he is whereas for me I don't believe that so there's no redemption for me um, I'm just sort of left so everyone's uplifted and you've and lost I'm just, yeah. Gosh. Um, <laughs> on the other hand it means that everything that Livia says in the play is coming from a place of absolute truth for me, which as an actor is is yeah. really useful, as you all know. Lovely, and so this is opening the Roman Festival. I think that's yes. such a wonderful idea for having in St Albans. The legend of St Albans is the first thing that we're going to be introduced to. No it's, pressure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel that pressure? This is a big thing. I think this festival. I just love being in the Roman Theatre. I was in the first ever production that was there, as uh, which was Boudicca. Brilliant. Um, and I've been in. This will be my fourth or fifth production there I love the Roman theatre and you've there done is, an array oh. haven't you because last summer it was Much Ado we came to see Much that Much Ado that was Midsummer Night's Dream and yeah and there, there's nowhere more beautiful on a summer's evening and I'm reliably informed that the weather is going to be warm and dry by the time we do the show have you made a deal with God I promise this? that <laughs> I can't do that. But I promise that we'll be. I know, warm you know, from an audience perspective, um, you know, there's plenty of very nice toilets uh, that are available. Yes, there were refreshments there is a fully available. Licensed bar. I. Uh, there will be plenty of refreshments. Lovely seats to sit on, and it will be warm and dry and. Uh, a beautiful way to spend a summer's evening. That sounds fantastic. So tickets will be available, um, they're going to be available through OVO? Yes, so there's a there's a special dedicated Roman theatre website that's been specifically set up for the Roman Theatre Festival. Right. Um, so that's www.romantheatre.org.uk so you can book tickets for all of the shows that are on at the Roman Theatre. Wonderful, and there is an absolute array of shows. So what we're going to do is we will have all of the shows listed on the What's On Guide on... Um, stalbuspodcast.com we will have links to all the relevant websites and ticket buying facilities and we look forward to hopefully coming to have a look at the show as well and, uh, and giving us thank you <laughs> best of luck with it thanks very much Anna thanks so that all sounds really really exciting uh, I'll be trying to go and see mm-hmm. Auburn Olivia next week so I'll bring you the review on the next podcast Fabulous. and uh, next up should we talk about pathos persuasion let's a review of something we did see exactly in a busy weekend 
So I think probably best if we listen to our pre and post show thoughts and a bit of what the crowd thought. Should we, should we t- say what Pathos Persuasion was about first? Oh yeah, that's a good I idea. People might want to know that yeah. <laughs> if, they didn't, if they didn't get down to see it. Um, Pathos Persuasion, if you listened, um, if you didn't listen to last time's podcast, which dated the 13th of June, you can go back and listen to that and hear mm-hmm. an interview uh, with three of the cast. It's, um, it's a show that's written by one of the company of 10, mm-hmm. award-winning. It is, yeah, award-winning at the Welling Drive drama festival Mm -hmm. and they brought it to life for a couple of nights at the abbey theater in the studio Mm -hmm. the story is um the story of agnes who owns a bespoke bridal lingerie shop Mm. it's a little bit saucy it is um and it's the story of the you know it's a a, an hour-long um one act play where you kind of see agnes and her shop assistant um and you kind of go through a couple of the customers that they Mm. meet a little bit of day in the life you know the bride the morning of her wedding stressing out which is Mm. hilarious and the goth bride who (laughs) who wants a black corset complete with disapproving mother yeah and then eventually you see the mother get talked around by being like you know your your daughter is beautiful as she is and mm. this is what she wants to do and that's really really nice well then one, there was one of my favorite lines of the play and we don't want to give away too much before we talk to everyone about it but you know um the the mother says you'll do that over my dead body and the daughter <laughs> says yeah we can arrive in the same hearse <laughs> so, um you know full of lots of really good one lines and then of course the sort of the undercurrent is the the love attraction between Agnes and the baker across the street Mm. and then the threat from the incoming bridal shop down the road that may derail her bespoke business. Mm. Dun-dun-dun. So so let's listen to our before and afters and then what the audience thought. What are you most looking forward to about this play that's at a bridal lingerie shop, Ben? No comment. (laughs) (laughs) I'm quite intrigued to see how we feel about this one because I feel like I'm going to relate a lot more to the characters in the play than you are. I mean, I've never got married, but... Or spent time in a bridal lingerie shop. Well, well, okay, let's not go there. Some rough times. Um, I mean, I think it's going to be really This is the one that um, that's from an award, award-winning play, awarded for its completeness. So, absolutely looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Let's compare notes at the end. Yep. Post-show thoughts, Ben. Oh, I thought it was thoroughly charming. Just so nice, so sedate. No, no real sort of big old drama. It's just some nice people doing some nice things for about two hours it was hilarious it was genuinely hilarious and you can tell why uh it's won an award for writing because all of the characters are so well-rounded and they all go on such interesting arcs that was one of the things that um that uh, ali pagan said before she played judith in the play and she said that one of the reasons it won the award was because of the completeness of it it felt it Mm. felt very complete Mm. i thought it was hilarious it was um it was just sweet and it, it, it was, you were really yeah. invested in it. I was very invested in the story mm. brilliant job loved it well told story with well told characters fantastic I'm Diane cool. and I thought it was great fun I'm Niall I thought it was like a very good episode of a sitcom I thought it was brilliant I thought the cast were good the script was good the play was brilliant absolutely very into it should be on television so I think you heard like the audience loved it we loved it. We're still smiling. Yeah. I'm already just, just talking about it, still smiling about it. So I, I came home after that show and the first things I the first thing I said to my parents was, You have to go and see it tomorrow. And did they? They did and they loved it. It was <laughs> just so good. It was such a feel good. It was um 
I think it got described that the sort of audience that we spoke to at the end, he said it should be on television. Mm. The, the words kind of like episode of a sitcom. It mm. was that because it was an hour. It was that perfect kind of length of TV. And I think, you know, again, being in the studio, being on three sides, it's you're up so close and personal mm. with the action. It, it gives it a little bit of a televisual it does. Kind of experience. Yeah. And, and again, an hour long, it was just so nice because you didn't, you didn't feel under pressure to sort of get your money's worth mm-hmm. like you would if you went to a show in London. You came out after an hour and you were like, all of that was really like 100% high quality, no dips. Mm-hmm. All of the characters were amazing. All yeah. of the characters had beautiful, beautiful arcs uh, that you really, they all took you on a journey. Uh, Jess Davies as the shop assistant yeah. was so good. She was like, really she, fun. That is the role... I, I don't know if it was written for her, but it definitely <laughs> seemed like it. That was so good. I think there was so, there was so many interactions. So Agnes has been yeah, running her shop, this bespoke lingerie shop. She's been running it. She's it's her entire life. She is dedicated. And you really got bought into that. I felt very invested mm. in Agnes and the success of her business. Mm. And you then had Jess, who'd been working with her for a few weeks and had, had really, sorry, I said Jess Orla, um, you yeah. had been working there for a few weeks. But it was that, that kind of really close interaction between two people who work very closely together mm. you know she was really invested in Agnes's personal life telling her to take a break telling her to go on a date with the baker yeah he was clearly keen <laughs> um and you know that reaction when um you know when Ali Pagan who came in as the the kind of bright incoming bridal shop owner mm, yeah the that, competitor that reaction from her was just so good you know, yeah. it was a real you know you you got really angry mm. <laughs> you're like what are you doing Judith like you know, <laughs> go away get out of my shop and and then the, the way that the play resolves because I think that we can talk about this because it's over yeah. now um is that actually no it would just be a really good idea because um the competitor lady she just sells stuff off the hook um, and she respected Agnes and her work. She'd yeah, sent she, her customers before. Exactly. And, and now they can work closely together. Yeah, so now they just go into business together. Oh. And it's just... Oh. Episode two is going to be so good. E- exactly. No pressure. <laughs> but we want episode two. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I just really enjoyed it. And actually, I think there was, there was a lot of um, work going in behind the scenes in Company of Ten to bring this life. Obviously, it was written within Company of Ten. Um, but we also spent some time talking to Shelley McCall, yes. who was the director, who, um, although I you know, I was speaking to someone else, they said they'd been quite keen, but actually it was really nice for Shelley to take this project, work so closely and get it um, as her first yeah, it, foray. Yeah, unbelievable that this is her first foray into directing. Oh no, she set a it bar, right? A, yeah, no, imagine trying to top that. No pressure, Shelley. <laughs> um, so let's let's leave here because I had a quick chat with Shelley, and I think it'd be really nice to hear from her now. Yeah. Shelley, uh, thank you very much for directing Pathos Persuasion. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I've just heard from your husband this is your first foray into directing. Indeed it is, yes. I've been acting for a few years now, but this is the first time this is, I'm debut director. And what a cracking debut. Oh, thank you very much. That's so you're, very kind. You're just doing two shows of this? We are. Well, we did the, the Wellin Drama Festival. That award-winning. Award-winning Wellin Drama Festival. Yeah. Um, fantastic cast. And... Um, we were then given the opportunity to do two shows here this week, which we were absolutely thrilled about. Yeah. It's been a great team effort. What was the biggest challenge of directing? The biggest challenge of directing, I think, for someone that hasn't directed before and has been used to taking direction, is really 
not telling people what to do, but putting your ideas to a group of people and and just hoping that they're going to take them on board and not wanting to upset anybody. Of course. That is yeah, the most Diplomacy is yes. a key. <laughs> you want to keep friends. Absolutely. So I've thoroughly enjoyed it. It's a definite... It's a difference to actually yeah. acting. But. And what thinking of Pathos Persuasion itself, what was your favourite moment of the play? I think... All the moments are good. I think each little section is a gem in itself. I think it's getting lots of laughs. The writing, obviously, is very, very good. Um, But it's just seeing it all come together, particularly tonight, watching the cast absolutely enjoy themselves. Yeah. Um, And I just think it's a very, very funny play with a lot of of really good lines in it. All of those things, definitely. Thank you very much. Really enjoyed it. You're very welcome. Hello, I'm Simon Carver. Join me and Danny Smith on our new podcast, The St Albans Film Guide. Each week we'll be looking at what's on at the cinema, the top ten, new releases, and also what's on TV over the coming week on all the free-to-air channels. Now, if you want to find the podcast, go to your podcasting platform of choice and search for The St Albans Podcast. Alternatively, you can go to stalbanspodcast.com to find out more. So that's The Film Guide with me, Simon Carver, part of The St Albans Podcast in association with The Hearts Advertiser. Moving on to Contractions, which is another show that we've seen. Yes, yeah, it was a busy weekend for us. It was. And so Contractions is an office-based drama, mm-hmm. sort of darkly comic, about uh, two women, so it's a two-hander, uh, and sort of surrounding their HR policy, but it's a lot more exciting than <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, so you've got one one character who's played by um, Lucy Crick who, who doesn't have a name. And actually, it took me to... I got a fair way through to realise that she kept saying Emma, 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 every time Emma came into her office and she never had a name. But actually, you know, later on in the story that came out as a bit of a thing. So you had the manager um, and then Faith Turner was playing Emma. Emma. Um, and yeah, as you said, it was sort of, she gets called in. It's a bit of an HR-esque meeting. Mm. It's very yeah, sterile, it's sort of white room. Her per- like personal review. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was on up at the Maltings Theatre, uh, put on by Ovo. Mm-hmm. Um, and so should we jump right into our pre and post show thoughts? Let's do that. Okay, contractions. Uh, are you ready? Yep, it's a two-hander. Very excited. Two ve- very talented actresses in, in it. Contractions, I have no idea what it's about. Maybe giving birth <laughs> or contracts. I love how you read the blurb before we go into these things. This is an office, <laughs> I like to be office drama. Office drama. People give birth in offices all oh the time. Oh my gosh, please no. Okay, this, I was born on be, a fax machine. You're, you're going to be sorely disappointed. <laughs> the post show is going to be different. Right, look forward to it. Let's go. Bye. I went in not quite sure what to expect. I knew it was going to be an office-based drama, something to do with um, kind of the office politics around a romance. Uh, I hadn't been prepared for the way that it was sort of quite humorous at first. Um, Lucy played this manager who was just very stone cold, followed the rules um, with Faith, oh, responding so well to some super awkward questions. And I think it, it touched on a you know a mention of reality that i could definitely relate to that you know you can kind of imagine it in an actual office setting um and then it was sort of went from light-hearted a bit and cringy to taking really dark turn um definitely had an inspiration of black mirror in it for me um i think it was it, it sort of built that crescendo um really well so you did kind of feel like you were on that journey 
I struggled with definitely some points of the story. I thought the whole um, part around the loss of the baby was really difficult, um, especially the way they kind of brought it out in the physicality of it. That was that was very challenging. And um, I wasn't quite sure about the ending, but I guess we'll discuss that. Uh, my name's Adam and I thought it was uh, dark, very funny and excellent. So my name's Victoria McDermott and I, my interpretation of what I've just seen is a reflection of one person, the same person, just mirroring and reflecting mm. their existence in an institutionalised company and how you just get dressed, go to work, deal with it, carry on. Whereas the reflection was showing something completely different, that there was actually a spiralling, spiralling with behaviour and emotion and life and how it was affecting, but she was just getting dressed and going to work and carrying on and, and not letting it affect her because she was in a place of a managerial position or, mm. or whatever position she held and she felt that that was the most important thing in her life. So she just carried on. Quite sad, actually. Yeah, so my name's Ben. We were just talking about that. And, and for me, I was focusing more on um, the way that increasingly institutions are allowed legally to uh, really encroach upon your personal lives. Um, and I was sort of... The kind of HR department type scene uh, is, is something I'm going through at the moment. And... Um, uh, and, and some of it feels very, very intrusive. And so that was kind of my angle on it. But um, I think I think you got the more uh, <laughs> the more intellectual version from uh, Victorian. I think we got some really sort of well thought uh, mm. vox pops out of that one. It definitely got some people thinking. Now we've just heard what I thought post show, but. I think in the in the sort of drama of everything, we forgot to talk together. We so did. I don't know what your immediate post show thoughts are. So Ben, tell us your post show. <laughs> I thought it was um, it was fantastic. There, it was so powerful. Mm-hmm. It punched you in the face. Um, and so I've just listened to your post show thoughts about the um, the physicality of the baby, and I, I felt like that did go too far. But that was that's almost what theatre is for, um, and it really really challenged you because at the end of the day the show was making a point about the sort of dehumanization that companies put you through and they ask you to do all of these horrible horrible things and give up parts of yourself Mm -hmm. in order to do things like have a life pay rent you know live the the life that you want to um and so it would have it, it o- only seems more effective that actually the ending of it was harrowing. It was horrific. Um, and that's because that's the end of what these companies are doing. And so they force her into a situation where they say, so it starts off really, really lighthearted. And they say, you know, you need to tell us if you fancy anyone at work, because that's really important to us. And then she does get together with someone from work. And it's all, it's all around the definitions, you know, there's mm. that really corporate policy, very specific wording. Mm. And there's, there's a lot of jokes around kind of, oh, well, it was, you know, 
I, I did go for dinner with this guy, but it's okay because it wasn't romantic in, it or wasn't sexual. Going, yeah, it wasn't going to lead to a long sexual relationship. I just wanted to have sex. Yeah, and it's you know it's quite which is not sexual and... in itself. It's just leading to sex. <laughs> yeah, and and so yeah, there's a lot of like comedy around that, and then the absurdity of no, you can't be going out with someone in the same office, so we're going to move them to the Richmond office. Yes, and so they eventually get married have a child no, they don't get married don't they well no i mean you know they they're, they're together oh, they're, and then she's together. pregnant it's only within oh yes they, they sort of ask them how long's the relationship going to ask and yeah he says a few weeks she says maybe a year and they average it and out they average it and then you know she's almost getting held to this oh yeah but you said at six months you were going to end the relationship you need to end it because we mm. want to bring him back and she's like but i'm pregnant and it's yeah it's sort of this is where the sort of the black mirror mm. sort of feeling for me came in because it wouldn't happen but actually, it's not, it's not that, that far, far yeah. from from it. And it, the the demands they make are sort of increasingly sort of dark mm. and and really affect her. And, and she, you know, she's sort of getting. Yeah, I guess you can see how she goes from this kind of like fun. Um, yeah, this is Emma. She goes from this kind of fun, lighthearted character, kind of poking fun at the very rigid manager to actually kind of losing her mind exactly through the trauma of what she's experienced and so she she goes through a a sort of terrible terrible time so her child dies and they won't accept the death certificate because as part of their policy they have to see the body and she has to dig up the body of the baby herself and she does that on stage just, which was I mean, so upsetting to watch now there was a warning that there were there were scenes that people might find difficult and i guess if you are uh, someone who might get affected by theatre, then you might need to be asking the question of what. Now, they didn't give any more detail mm. around that. When we went to see Poison, um, again at the Maltings, that was a duality theatre piece, there was a specific warning that the, the content of the show dealt with child loss. Mm. Um, now, I get that for contractions, that would have maybe given away some of where the I, story was going to go, but I actually think it was quite important. And I you know, had people that I know who were there who were quite affected by what happened. Yeah. Um, and I think the it's it's interesting, as you say, like, you know, from your perspective, it was a very kind of, I, I sorry, I don't want to put words in your mouth. I think from what I heard from what you said was that, that it was a nice way to, not a nice way, um, it was An good effective. to have that phys- effective way of having the physicality on stage. For me, it was too far. See, see, it was too far. And that's what I liked about it. But I would also agree and say that actually, if you had a warning at the start, saying that it contained uh, child loss and sort of upsetting imagery, because mm. that's what it was, mm-hmm. that would not in any way have affected my enjoyment of the show. I think that mm-hmm. really they should have had that on there. I feel, yeah, I think that's that's something. But I mean... But, but in the same way, you talk about Black Mirror, and Black Mirror, it starts off with a fun concept. It yes. starts off with a, wouldn't it be great if you could sort of, like, freeze time and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like, wouldn't it be great if your phone did this or you were yeah. able to do this? And then it's like, yeah, but actually think about what that would be like. Yeah, exactly. Th- think about the reality. And so it's like, isn't it, it's so the, the in sort of translating that into contractions, contractions is like, oh, isn't HR culture silly? Mm-hmm. Isn't it, wouldn't it be silly if they started tracking your relationships? Wouldn't it be s- horrible if they actually, you know, started to control yeah. every aspect of your life. Yeah. Um, I thought the staging of it was was really good. Yeah, I mean, it was so it was so an all-white stage. Really stark. And the manager um, was all in white as well. 
And um, I think it worked well. I know that you don't have control over this, but Lucy was, you know, she's blonde haired. Yeah, exactly. It fit. <laughs> she entirely blended in. That yeah. was so good. It was a, it was a and then great choice. Emma uh, was in a black dress, and mm-hmm. I thought that that... Um, yeah, they're very that much the light and dark uh, was, on purpose. was really, really good. Yeah, I like that. I thought, and, you know, so you had these kind of full filing cabinets as well, which, um, again, you know, so the manager slammed, the yeah, she, pulled out her contracts and slammed the jaws. Mm, and, and, and so she was using them to sort of almost as like a percussive instrument because yeah. she would slam it in order to get Emma to stop talking mm-hmm. and sort of give her a jump. And yeah. it, it, that was just so good. It was good. And, I mean, I did feel for, for you know, the, the character Emma, you know, she, in and out of that door. The whole <laughs> yeah. But it was... I, it was kind of I, I enjoyed it I enjoyed the play I, as I said you know, we, we found different sort of you know, views I guess uh, there was a difficulty around the whole scene with the, the baby I do feel like they could have maybe just produced a box mm. rather than you know yeah I was so um, the, this is a um, a play that um, some kids above me in A level did but okay. they, um, they actually bought a ch- child's coffin and um, sort of had a funeral procession with that. And that was harrowing enough. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I think actually now now that I've talked through it and thought about it a bit more, it potentially could have been more powerful had they not had the physical representation of the baby on stage. Yeah. And I mean, she did eventually, they did sort of put it into a box. Mm. It then sort of did go. And I was internally grateful at that point when it mm. did happen it was um it was a relief although but then really conscious that it was in a drawer for the rest of the show yeah. um so you know moving on from that part of it the other bit that um that i kind of struggled with was almost like the actual ending itself mm. and we will go and we'll we're going to listen to an interview in a minute of us talking with um both lucy and faith after and they asked us what we thought about the ending um and i said i didn't really know at that point because i really felt like i needed to think about it you went from this kind of, you know, obviously it was, you know, the two of them on stage, very kind of rigid robotic manager, Emma. Um, Flowy and human. Yeah, and then it sort of took on this very physical, very dance-like element at mm. the end where obviously the, you know, Emma had sort of had this descent into madness and then you almost had this humanisation of the manager as yeah. she kind of started to understand and there was sort of opening of drawers that was sort of, you know, exploding with gas and... It kind of lost me a little bit. See, I thought that it was it was open enough that you could interpret it how you wanted to. Um, I do did think that it was a little bit of a they didn't want to leave the ending too dark mm-hmm. because I was fully expecting it just for Emma to have gone mad and that be it. But I thought that was quite you know when she was laying in the floor in the dirt. You know yeah. that for me would that could have been the ending, mm. and yeah, that would have that would have been strong, and I'd have walked out going, "Man, that was mm. dark." In, instead, you had a relatively quasi upbeat version of yeah, Emma's gone mad, and so, you know, sorry about that, but uh, but she almost <laughs> kind of got less mad as the the manager became human exactly, through this yeah, movement, they both so sort it, of it, regained their humanity through each other, um, and so it ends with the scene of the manager giving birth on top of the table um i just it was just a bit much for me and this is no reflection on the the talent of the people on stage or the production it was it was just that i don't know it just i feel like you could have almost like the, it could have ended right there where she was in the dirt that was dark loads to I, think about and then this kind of other bit it but you know I think, it's, I, yeah i think p- potentially it, it is to avoid 
just fe- that feeling of utter hopelessness yeah. at the end because you would just come out sort of <laughs> ready to down a bottle of whiskey or something like that. And there was, I mean, I spoke to someone again afterwards who thought that the... The, again that sort of that birth scene was maybe a bit much as well it was sort of it, it felt a bit kind of almost of blue. yeah um but equally you know going back to some of those the voice we heard from the audience i thought it was some really interesting takeaways on how people what people thought yeah. from it so yeah. the, the idea that maybe they were the same person and mm. the manager was actually a reflection of your work persona that you put on and then emma was the sort of your actual kind of real yeah, thoughts your and, human self trying to yeah. break free and well. so you you're actually when you're at work presenting something between the two but mm. those two personalities are, are kind of fighting against each other I like that the was, id and the super ego it was, yeah so it was that was interesting yeah i, I thought that was in, that in was, fact I, this has only just come to me that the, a lot of aspects in that show were very freudian yeah it, it was sort of like a freudian analysis of the modern workplace I think, I mean, we've talked a lot about this. There's, there, it, it, it's it, 100% made us think. There's a lot to think, say because it's so good. And it's, it's, it's great that we've got something that's really made us think mm. and talk. And I have been thinking about it a lot in the same way that, um, you know, from Pathos Persuasion, I think about that and I grin. I think about this and there's, there's more to think yeah. about. But afterwards, we got time with Lucy um, and Faith. So Yeah, who both did fantastic, fantastic Brilliant jobs, absolutely amazing. So let's listen to those guys. Hello, we are here for, with the cast from Contractions. Would you like to give your names and who you were playing? Yes, uh, my name is Lucy Crick, so I was playing the manager. And I'm Faith Turner and I'm playing Emma, who's the employee. <laughs> <laughs> it started off quite light and, I mean, it wasn't light. Your character, um, Lucy, was, was clearly kind of that, a figure we could relate to, an HRE kind of figure that was straight down the line. <laughs> Um, but of Faith, your interactions were quite funny at first. You know, it was a bit like, oh, God, like, what, why is she asking me these weird questions? Um, how did that kind of, like, did, did you draw on your personal experience of that? Did you enjoy that part of it? I think when we looked at the script, um, obviously it gets, very, well, it gets very weird towards the end. But I think to start with, we were hoping to kind of achieve that something that the audience could relate to. Mm-hmm. And it is that HR removed, slightly impersonal, um, ever so kind of impartial, um, but also a kind of sense of trying to confide and be pally. And yet, uh, yeah, we wanted, I think it was very important that it's so satirical at the beginning and, that, and then it gets to a darker place, that you have to laugh at that stuff or yeah. else, well, you don't get the same response, <laughs> hopefully, by the end. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. That was, it took me a while to realise you didn't have a name. And I <laughs> yeah, that's back true. just before mm. yeah. you said it. Um, and mm-hmm. you've played this really quite very straight person, like straight <laughs> character, which is not like you. I've seen you, I've seen you in other plays. Like, she how did you fun. find that? Uh, it's deceptively difficult, actually, just uh, maintaining such kind of control and neutrality all the way through. But... Um, there yeah, were points where you must have wanted to laugh. Like when, she, when you make <laughs> her put, your, put her hand on your arm, did yeah. you both want to laugh? We had well, a lot of corpsing in rehearsal. <laughs> yeah. A lot, yeah. yeah. So uh, you have to trust that. Yeah. <laughs> I think Lucy's got a harder job, actually, because the character's so... Um, what is, what's the opposite of empathetic? Not empathetic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and so you have to kind of think... You can't think like a human or as a nice human yeah. that Lucy actually is. I, I would think that's really impressive that you've managed to achieve those kind of responses that aren't human. Yeah, uh, and your movement as well. It, it seemed to me that your movement was very choreographed, Lucy, and that your movement wasn't. Is was that a conscious <laughs> choice? Like you seemed very human, and you seemed almost robotic. Yes, I think that was again a conscious decision that we wanted to make that contrast mm. between something that was quite heightened and stylized mm. in the manager against 
someone in Emma that everyone in the audience can relate to. Mm. Um, and it's there in the writing as well. I mean, yes. if you, when we first read the play, we were like, well, how do you marry those two characters? Because one seems so heightened and it's got all the jargon, all the um, work kind of stuff. And then Emma does seem very kind of relaxed and informal in everything that she says. So we'd hope that that would come across in the movement. Yeah, it did. <laughs> <laughs> the play takes a really dark turn. I mean, it's really dark. <laughs> Quite quick. quick. <laughs> <laughs> how do you, I mean, when, how do you come off from that? Like, because it ends badly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Lucy was worried yesterday because my parents came that they, they wouldn't like her um, <laughs> by the end. Um, I think, well, we were saying tonight, it's different performance on performance. So yesterday I came off and was really quite affected by it and, and felt moved. Whereas other times you're like, oh, we've got through that and it's an achievement. So mm-hmm. I don't know, it can be, it probably sounds weird, but it can be quite satisfying to, uh, what, as an actor? <laughs> to go through those kind of yeah. uh, changes emotionally. Um, but yes, I mean, we've been affected by it, but we've also been just trying to get it done <laughs> and ready. Yeah, I don't know about you. How do you yeah. feel watching that, the chaos that you've caused? Yeah, well, again, it's, I have to put myself into a place where I can literally just be an ice queen against all it's the emotion fine. that you see. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't like me anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I have to turn on my robotic non-emotion. And, but no, I think, well, in the ending that we do, I do get mm. kind of two minutes at the end yeah. to actually... Possible compassion. Mm. Yeah. Um, Although we should ask you really what you thought the ending meant, because it's... Maybe not. Well, it should be open. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, yeah. I feel like I need more time to digest yes. what yeah. I just. Thought. I, think I feel like valid. we yes. were on. We were on a bit of a mission. I, I have the my instant reaction is it was a bit Black Mirror. Yeah, I'm a yeah. Very, yeah. I'm a fan that. of Black Good. Mirror. So if you were yeah. going for that, Love Black yeah. Mirror. Yes, <laughs> um, because it was so close to reality, mm. and I was just saying to Ben outside that I've had a workplace incident, not quite oh, this no. extreme, um, but you know that sort of made me go. Going out. No names will be mentioned. But you know that it wasn't like you know when you're thinking. Close to reality, yeah. that it's not this dystopian sort of no, future yeah. is is a real possibility. And so you can see kind of step on step how yeah. you might get to something that's actually mm. extreme. And if you came in straight in with the end scene, I think all the audience would go, "Well, this isn't real." Yeah. Mm. But hopefully, with the kind of incremental bit, steps, exactly. that become more and more absurd. Yeah. Um, yeah. But fantastic. I mean, we really thank enjoyed you. it. Oh, thank you so much, you. and thank you for talking to us. You're welcome. Yeah, thank you. Go, thank you. go, go and get your praise. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much. Hi, I'm Elspeth Jackman, inviting you to listen to my podcast, One to One with Elspeth. Find a local person with a story, and I'll be there to draw out all those little details you want to know about. If I'm fascinated, so will you be. Each week, I'll be talking to an interesting character who has a tale to tell. And the beauty of it is, you can listen whenever you want to. To find the podcast, go to your podcasting platform of choice and search for the St. Albans Podcast. Alternatively, go to stalbanspodcast.com slash Elspeth. That's one-to-one with Elspeth, part of the St. Albans Podcast in association with the Hearts Advertiser. You never know, you could be my next guest. Now, there's absolutely loads of stuff coming up. Um, but before we kind of talk more broadly about everything that's coming up, I um, went down to the Abbey Theatre to talk to Joe Emery about Hard Copy, which is the next production that's going to be on there. So that's running from the 26th to the 28th of um, 
this month, June, yep, still in June. <laughs> um, and so I, I had a chat with Jo about the play. Um, she's directing it. Um, so Jo Emery's the director. Martin Goodman, um, who is the chairman, chairman of the theatre, he actually translated it. Yes, from its original French. Mm-hmm. And this is the second um, uh, play recently that Joe has done that is actually a French translation. Mm. She did The Father recently uh, um, for Over the Maltings. So um, let's go and listen. Yeah. I'm down at the Abbey Theatre. Um, I'm talking to Joe Emery, who is directing Hard Copy. Joe, tell me about the play. OK, so it's um, a 400 for women, and it's written by a French author called Isabelle Sarant. Mm-hmm. Um, the translation's by Martin Goodman, who is the chairman at the Abbey Theatre here. And this is the first time it's been translated into English, isn't it? Correct. It's the English-language premiere. Well, yes. I, I wanted to ask you about that. So did you have to seek permission before you translated it? Or no, that, I didn't translate it. Or yeah. well, now he's done it. Did you have to like have it approved or no, anything? No, he's, he, I think he's, he, he maybe sort of checked it over with um, Isabel. Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's all his work. And um, great. I'm just... He's, he asked me to direct it, so um, yeah, I said yeah, let's do it, and we've um, we've got it cast. It's up, it's up in rehearsal now as we speak, mm-hmm. and it's going well. And uh, yeah, it's on from the 20th, Wednesday, twenty sixth to Friday, the twenty eighth of um, June, and then on Saturday, twenty ninth, we're doing a performance in London at Camden People's Theatre, and then Sunday we're doing a matinee there as well. That's awesome. And how's that come about that you're taking it into London as well? well because he wants to do two performances mm-hmm. in London because. Um, the writer um, expressed an interest in that, and so he said, "Yeah, we'd, we we could take that into London as part of the um, part of what he's his, his relationship with her, as, mm-hmm. you know, as a translator." Yeah, that's a really exciting opportunity. Yeah. So, tell me about the storyline of the play. So, uh, it's four women um, <laughs> who work in an office. It could be it's set in France, but it could be anywhere, mm-hmm. and they um, it's basically about workplace bullying and how um, women. Um, take sides and they suddenly can be you know very competitive with each other in the workplace it's all about survival of the fittest and the weakest will get um, picked on and bullied and you know made to feel um, inadequate etc etc um, it's, it's a black comedy so it is actually really funny as well um, the, the way that it's presented is, is, yeah. is, is very funny but it but it is black and there are some very dark bits in it about um, the way women can be um, very nasty with each other yeah yeah i can imagine that i mean i've obviously i work in an office i've seen that kind of thing happen before is it there parts in it you think people are really going to relate to yeah definitely yeah there will be lots of um people saying oh um, yeah i've seen that sort of behavior before you know or something like it maybe not as extreme yeah but um something that's sort of running along similar lines or quite you know um they they can recognize certain behavioral patterns yeah. yeah. And tell me about who else is starring in this. Oh, so there's I'm starring in it as well. So then we've got a, a lady called Leanne Weedman. Mm-hmm. And um, we've also got uh, a young lady called Lucy Hannigan and Amy Connery. So four of us, yeah. And how long have you been um, rehearsing for this? We've done three weeks so far. We've got another three weeks to go. Um, so about six weeks total, yeah. And how are you finding it directing and acting in it? Um, it's really easy because mm-hmm. it's um, it's such an ensemble piece, and uh, the actors are the actors are really really on on their game. So we all we all really know what to do. Um, it's it's much it's very much an ensemble piece and collaborative. Um, 
and we talk a lot about what's going on in the in in in, in the play in terms of um, what we think is happening with each character at a certain point, mm-hmm. and um, it's it's just it's just very easy. It's it's really easy, yeah. Yeah. And is this one going to be in the studio at the Abbey Theatre? Yes, it is. Yes. Fantastic. Yeah. And what are you doing? Anything kind of different with the staging? Um, well, we're hoping to have it on three sides. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to just have a very simple set. It's a table and some chairs and a filing cabinet, a coat stand. It's it's really really simple because we have to then think about taking it. You know, to yeah. to London, so it's got to be really easy. Yeah, yeah, very simple. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah. you know, your last play that you did was The Father, yeah. which was also a French translation. Yeah. Is this is this now your genre? Are you owning this? Yeah, I've done quite a lot of uh, <laughs> foreign plays. Um, that's kind of my stock in trade because um, I do. Yeah, I did a French degree, so and I've okay. I've kind of have a very European attitude when it comes to playwrights. Yes, yeah, so I've done things like Ionesco. Um, Yasmina Risa, who's French. Um, it's Jean-Paul Sartre, who's also French. Mm-hmm. So yeah, maybe maybe I am cornering the market. <laughs> it's not a bad thing place. to have your differentiator. No, it's great, great USP. Yeah, yeah. And so, how did you come across this as a play? Oh, well, I didn't. It's Martin. Oh, Martin did yeah, Martin. Mm. And while I'm talking to you, Joe, I'm really interested to know how did you get into sort of the local theatre? Um, I started off in Radlett Players when I was like lot younger 16 years ago um about 2002 and it was very much kind of just like getting involved with something just to get get me out of the house really mm-hmm. you know um something to do, do in the evenings <laughs> something know. to do in the evenings yeah and um just to get involved in the community i just moved into the area i yeah. wanted to get involved with you know meeting new people and um, they just mushroomed from that really to join the company of 10 in 2004 and I've worked with quite a lot of other companies since then it's just it's just like a kind of ongoing thing really yeah know? and you've done yeah. so you've done directing yeah. you do done the acting as yeah. well um, we were in the vagina monologues together yeah. which was amazing it was great wasn't it yeah. um, great what's fun. your favourite bit or do you just like doing a bit of everything I like doing um, I like both because acting is, is, you know, is responsible because you've got to learn your lines, and mm-hmm. it's but it's creative and it's but there's a certain um, sort of simplicity to it because you know you can focus on your character and it's just you know just get on with your thing. Whereas with directing, it's much more complex. You know, um, you're thinking about all sorts of things. You're thinking about staging. You're thinking about how the different characters yeah. interconnect, um, the interrelationships between them. Um, the underlying undercurrents that are applicable to everybody it's not just your character so there's a lot more going on with directing and it's more involved and it's a lot more can be a lot more stressful in some ways but um it's very satisfying I think both of them are very satisfying in different ways yeah mm. brilliant well I wish you all the best thank you so much look forward to seeing it thank you very much um and we'll speak to you soon thank you so thank you so much I'm talking now with Martin, and Martin, you've translated hard copy from the original French, is that right? That is right, yes. And how did that come about? I'm currently doing a PhD at the University of Leeds uh, on how French, modern French storytelling, which has exploded in the last 15, 20 years, mm-hmm. on workplace bullying, um, how that is represented in... Uh, plays, novels, and films. Okay, and, and did you have a sort of direct connection with the um, the author for this one? 
I do indeed, uh, but um, let me just ex- mm. let me explain briefly why I'm doing this. Yeah. Um, I spent my entire career, my, my working career, in human resources, so I've okay. seen a lot of... I'm very familiar with the way people behave in organisations, and I've worked for a lot of organisations as a consultant, as a management consultant. And that's the reason I picked this particular subject, because it interested me, and to see what sto- why, to what extent is storytelling important? What can we learn from stories? Yeah. And can we apply those stories to the world of work, directly mm-hmm. to the world of work? Because it's, it's easier for people to talk about fictional stories than it is a, about what goes on in their own businesses, uh, that, which is why I'm interested in it. Um, so in terms of the, the play itself, I picked the particular play because it was short. Right. But also that means there's no other reason for doing it. Um, because there are other plays, uh, which I will get on to eventually. And it, it also is an interesting play because it involves just women bullying women. Yeah. Um, which isn't an issue which is, I, as far as I can see, from the hundred or so thing, stories I've read or watched, seen, um, is, is, is very frequently seen. Um, so, or written about... So I have met the author, um, Isabel Serrant, who's a, she's a, um, she's a, a, she's an author, she's a novelist, she's a playwright, and she's had the play performed in French, in Paris, in Brussels, and in Geneva. Okay. So it's a, it's a, it's a good piece of drama that she has also fine-tuned since seeing it. It's been, it was published in 2020, in 2010 in France. <laughs> not in the future. <laughs> not, in the free, not in the future. No. <laughs> Great, OK. And so but this is its English-language premiere, yeah. based on your translation. Based on my translation. Are you, have, have you been party to uh, the rehearsals? Or I've been you, involved have you in left initial, it? I was re- involved in initial rehearsals. Mm-hmm. Uh, because Joe was concerned because she was in it as well she might not be able to see sure. some of the things so I was involved initially in some of the rehearsals and, and, and uh, was encouraged to put forward ideas which is what I've done mm-hmm. and I've now moved away from it and I will go back to it in the next couple of weeks and see how it's gone now that they've started to learn their lines so having seen um, you know, both Joe and Martin over the last couple of weeks I know they have learned their lines <laughs> um, <laughs> and it's all looking really good so Three um, three shows down at Abbey, mm-hmm. um, and then they're taking it down to Camden. Down to, yeah, down into London. And yeah. so you can find out all about the ticket information on our website. That's stalbanspodcast.com. Indeed. And you can uh, you can email us as well if you've got any questions. We've talked about people getting in touch, no, have yeah, we? Yeah, we've just, just been, been rambling. Running through the stuff. <laughs> so I'm Ben at thestalbanspodcast.com. I'm Susie at thestalbanspodcast.com. And you can email us both together on the theatre show at stalbanspodcast.com. All of the shows that we've talked about that are upcoming, you can find on our events guide, which is on the website, mm-hmm. That's got events on for the next two months. If you've got something coming up we haven't included, please feel free to get in touch. Yep, we want it to be the go-to place for all of your theatre needs. So we'll, we'll be putting on uh, all of the shows that we think are going on in uh, in the St. Albans and, area. And, you know, beyond the two months or so. Exactly. You know, to, yeah. <laughs> to the end of time. Um, so keep us posted. That that events guide is also going to get populated with other kinds of events. Um, mm-hmm. So the St. Albans podcast, the main show, which goes out every Wednesday, um, they'll be populating it with activities. Um, you won't... There are other podcasts as well. We should mention those. Yeah. You've heard about two. You've heard mm-hmm. about the film guide. 
um, and the one to one with Elspeth. There's also the main show, the the just main the main show. podcast, which you know Smith it's all right. It's rubbish. Yeah, I mean it's okay. It's not as good as ours. Danny Smith of. is sitting across from me and shooting me daggers right now. Speaking of Danny daggers. Smith, and we're not daggers. I don't think there's daggers in the Tempest, is there? Maybe. There's, oh, there's, there's lightsabers. lightsabers. <laughs> we, how can we forget this? <laughs> I don't know why we should let him have a microphone every now and again so he can say that. Um, so, yeah, so on the What's On Guide, what is coming up, Ben? Well, uh, we have The Tempest uh, featuring Danny Smith. Did we uh, mention that yet? <laughs> also, also starring other actors. <laughs> also, yeah, there's other people in it as well. And there's also the uh, passion of Auburn and o- Olivia. So... The Tempest is running from the 20th, yes. 20, 20th, 21st, 22nd. Then it has a little break and it's back for three more nights, 27th, 28th and 29th. Um, so catch it on one of those. Uh, ben and I will be there on the 21st. If you want us to come and say hi. Yeah. Um, so you can listen to our review on it on the 27th. Exciting. And so then, you know, know in, and get your ticket off that, obviously. Um so carry on, Auburn Olivia. Yes, so Passion of Auburn and Olivia. That's uh, down at the in the Roman Festival. Isn't that it? is. That's part of the Roman Festival. So that's that's in the Roman Amphitheatre on Blue House Hill. Um, and we include an interview with um, Anna earlier in the show, so we you do. know all about that one. Um, and then we have got also eight around the world in eighty days coming up um, as well. That's on the twenty fifth and twenty sixth. Um, so that is. Um, that's a kind of real physical um, theatre show by The Bite. And it features a lot of um, steampunky imagery, which I'm really excited for because it's, it gets a bad rap, the steampunk genre, but I still find it cool. <laughs> you I like, love it. I like the hats. I like <laughs> the aesthetic. And this is, this is supposedly going to be a really kind of... Um, an all senses a sensory mm. performance so the the kind of the description is that it's going to be all the smells and sounds from around the world brought into St Albans mm. that sounds enticing yeah I'm, I, there's some places that I don't want to smell well I mean I think if you want to get the full around the world experience yeah maybe you're just going to have to break it. do you think it's going to be like that we're going to get the bad and the good. <laughs> I think we're going to have to find out. Yeah, you'll have to listen to our <laughs> review. So this is going to be a cast of twenty um, storytelling throughout. It's going to be, I think, really visual. It's going to be, it's going to be an entertaining watch. I think the bite have had really good reviews in the past, so um, we'll be very interested to bring you, um, yeah, reviews of that. And there is also a free show coming up. So Passion Perspectives is. Uh, on in the High Street Methodist Church in Harpenden, uh, and they're taking that up to Edinburgh. And so it will be on for one night on Sunday the 23rd. It kicks off at 7. Um, and then they're taking that up to Edinburgh. So they'll be looking for feedback. Um, and I'm really excited. I should be able to get a couple of interviews with the director and um, some some people's thoughts after that. So I'm really looking forward yeah, to it. Yeah, really interesting. So um, and which day are you seeing that? Sorry? On Sunday the 23rd. That's the 23rd. Yeah, oh, I'm at concert that night. So mm. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but uh, so going back to the Roma um, Theatre Festival, because there's, there's even more going on. There's there's the last show uh, for June um, is Much Ado About Nothing, which is on, on the 27th and the 28th that's a drama impact mm-hmm. um so we know the story much ado about nothing yeah um i i think that's gonna be quite interesting to see their interpretation i saw um again ovo's production much ado about nothing in the roman theater i have actually acted with the drama impact i took um R- romeo and juliet into a school <laughs> up in norwich somewhere okay and ran, randomly taught that to some kids we took like gave them all swords that was a bad idea <laughs> 
could have given you that warning ahead. Yeah. Okay. Well, for all of the shows that we've mentioned, there is a dedicated Roman Theatre um, website. So all of the shows associated with that, that's romantheatre.org.uk. You can obviously find links to that uh, on the podcast descriptor and on our website, stalbinspodcast.com, where you'll find all of the links to the shows, all of the links there to get tickets for all of the shows mm-hmm. also. So, I mean, it's jam-packed, really, for June. This what are you doing? Just get out of your house, go and go, go and absorb all of the fantastic theatres you've um, got right on your doorstep. Do you know what? We'd really love to hear from you. If you've had, if you've been to see one of the shows, if mm. you've been to see something and you've, you've got thoughts and yeah. feelings about it. Give us your own pre and post shows. We'd love to. We'd love to read out what you've thought of it. Mm-hmm. So um, so do tell us that, what you've thought. Um, and tune in for our next show, which will go, uh, go live on the 27th. Um, before we go, thank you very much for you listening to us. Exactly. I hope you've enjoyed it. It's great. And do, and, do and tell us your thoughts and feelings about us, actually. Yeah. That would be nice, too. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, just maybe not. confess your feelings <laughs> we like for feelings. me. Um, <laughs> and... and uh, and also um, thank you to all of the people who have got in touch so far mm-hmm. uh, we've had some really good feedback and just saying you know That's it's really great, kind. great to great to see what we're doing coming up on the next show we are going to have previews of Romeo and Juliet which is by Moving Stories part of the Roman Festival running from the 1st to the 6th of July we're also going to have a preview of Ben-Hur which is the next offering by Company of 10 also running through in July from the 5th of July Um, we are going to have reviews of The Tempest and um, Passion Persuasions as well as Perspective sorry Passion Perspective thank you Ben Um, and hopefully some more of the stuff that's going on this time at the Roman Festival and also, in terms of our building community, we need to say thank you to the Hearts Ad for we giving do. this this wonderful space, featuring our faces in the Heart Hearts Ad as well. Oh, yeah, that was yeah. Can we get a better photo? We, we need, need to, a better. Yeah, photo. we need to be more aesthetic. But as thank a podcast you, yeah. Team. Thanks to Hearts Ad for all their support, the space that we're able to use, um, and thank you to uh, to producer Danny for allowing putting up, yeah, up with us. Putting really. up with us. Yeah. Get on with it. <laughs> See you next time. See you next time. Theatre Show with Ben and Susie, produced in association with the St Albans Podcast. For more St Albans Podcasts, check out stalbanspodcast.com for full details on all the podcasts available and how to subscribe. To get in touch with the Theatre Show, email theatreshow at stalbanspodcast.com. The St Albans Podcast Theatre Show, out every fortnight on Thursdays.